Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome into the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network. I'm Ethan Skolnick. Make sure to check out our website, our free website. No paywall there. FiveReasonsSports.com spelled out. FiveReasonsSports.com. Also, we failed to mention it, although we will tell you in the middle of this episode. We've got a watch party coming up. Yeah, you got to check it out. It's Saturday at GQ's Draft House. That's in the Laura Hill area. Check it out. We'll be posting it on Twitter at Five Reason Sports. It's for Bucks and Heat. We know it's not necessarily a game they're going to win, but that's not our fault. We'll see how that goes. Five o'clock will be out there. GQ's Draft House, and we're going to have uh, great beer, obviously, out there, but also lots of free food and some giveaways, some shirt giveaways. We got a Udonis Haslam shirt. We got a couple Jimmy Butler shirts, a Tyler Hero shirt, Derek Jones Jr., and some general Heat shirts, as well as our Tua shirt, which is our biggest seller on the Dolphins. We jinxed him too last week. Also, three yards per carry on the Dolphins as part of our network, Five Rings Canes, Cinco de Zonas, and the rest of the podcast, including Light Skinned Opinions and Balls Cast in our network. But before we get to today's episode, I want to tell you about one of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network and this podcast, and that, of course, is AutoNation. If you're looking to buy, sell, or lease a car, you've got to go to AutoNation. Why? Because they're the largest auto dealer out there anywhere. And their friendly and knowledgeable staff here in South Florida will help you save big on a huge selection of new cars, trucks, and SUVs, Toyota, Honda, Chevrolet, Mercedes-Benz, and much more. If you're looking to buy pre-owned, shop AutoNation's huge selection of one-price pre-owned vehicles. They're clearly marked with one price, their lowest price guaranteed. You want to get rid of that old car? Turn it into cash today. Get a top dollar offer and a check the same day. They'll buy your car with no purchase necessary. Here's the biggest thing. If you're looking to do any of these things, You've got to DM me over at Five Reason Sports. That's the number five reason sports. I will set you up with an AutoNation senior manager. I'll send you their information. They can directly reach out to you and walk you through the buying process. No dealing with a middle manager, salesperson that you just walk in and see. You'll deal with a senior manager. You'll get the best possible deal. So DM me at Five Reason Sports. And now, today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor. A Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney, a.k.a. Alf954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back here on Five on the Floor. Let's this is a long intro, so let's get right to it. We're going to do predictions for this heat season. I've got Alphonse Sydney at Alf954. I've got Alex Toledo at Tropical Blanket. Again, I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can find me at Ethan J. Skolnick or at Five Reasons Sports. So let's start with some individual predictions for some heat players. I'm going to throw some numbers at the two of you guys, and you guys are going to tell me better or worse. Okay? You can do this, Alf, Alex. We're good. Mm-hmm. I'm in. I can do it. All right. You can do it. All right. Let's start with Jimmy Butler. 22 points a game this season. Over, under. Alex. I'm going slightly over. I'm kind of thinking 23 and a half, 24. I'm actually going to go slightly under. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, – there's, there's going to be a lot of games where six guys are in double digits with this team. 
And I think that's just – and because of uh, Jimmy's unselfish personality, I think uh, you're going to see, I think, 19, 20 points a game. And I'll throw this one at you. Top 10 in MVP voting. Yes, no. Alf. I think 1,000%. I think because of the improvement the Heat are going to have this year, you're going to look – you know, whenever the team makes a, 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 a little bit of a jump or – from out of the playoffs and into the playoffs, and if they're a top half of the Eastern Conference team, Eastern Conference playoff team, I think you, what happens is you, you try to figure out why, and usually the biggest addition to the team, everyone points to that person and says, this is the reason why. And, I mean, it's not like they're going to be wrong. So if the Heat make a big leap, everyone's going to say, well, where did the leap come from? And naturally the answer is going to be Jimmy Butler, and that puts him in the MVP conversation. Alex. See, it's funny you say that because, like, I can kind of see him being in and out of the top 10 throughout the year. But what we're saying is kind of conflicting based on the first answer because if they do take a big jump, it's going to be more than likely that he ends up in that top 10 if he's putting up around 24 a game and not 19 a game. <laughs> I mean, if he's doing 19, 7, and 6, you know, I mean, and he's, and he's taking a team that puts outside. top 10 MVP? If you're out from outside of the playoffs to a third seed? Yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna be in the MVP conversation. And well, I think I'm, he's gonna he's gonna get a lot of credit for whatever it is they do. I, I think oh, Alex sure. is right about that. I mean, when I look at the MVP conversation right now, I'm starting with Steph Curry and LeBron James, and and I I know that Giannis obviously will get mentioned. Kawhi will get mentioned. I think Paul George took himself out of it by playing with Kawhi. I think Russell Westbrook probably took himself out of it by playing with Harden. I think Harden's made it more challenging on himself by playing with Westbrook. Probably so going to see Jokic and Embiid. Jokic and Embiid, but I think Philadelphia has an issue there because I, I think it'll be questionable whether it's more Embiid or, or Simmons. If Philly's playing at a high level, I think it's because Simmons has taken a step. So he might take some of that sort of juice away from Embiid. But, I mean, you're already at seven or eight names. So I think it's going to be challenging, but I do think, and I said this two months ago when they got him, I think he'll be in the conversation because the East is so wide open. He's a top three player in the East, in my opinion. I, you can stretch it to maybe four or five. You throw Kyrie if he's healthy and a couple of others in, in the mix there. But he's definitely top five in the Eastern Conference, and they're going to make a big jump. So I think I mean, he I don't could think be he's, in the mix. Jimmy's never going to be the guy to put up gaudy 30 points a game, eight and seven, anything like that. So if, we're gonna, if, he's, if he's ever going to be in a top 10 MVP conversation, it's a year like this year where he is far and away the biggest star on his team and he has a chance of, of taking a team from, like I said before, out of the playoffs to a third or fourth seed. Yeah, I'm not saying he's going to win the MVP, but he's going to be top 10. I would think he'd be top 10 in voting. See, right, to me, that's kind of, I don't know, it's, very, it's dependent on a few things. For that type of jump that you're talking about from out of the playoffs to three seed, I think three seed is their ceiling, right? That's with everything going right. That's with Jimmy playing great, the offense meshing well, the defense being possibly top five, top seven. And – with Dion and JJ being a part of the rotation. And I get that the Heat look at Dion and JJ as replaceable because they have enough guys who can probably get on the floor and play spot minutes. But for them to reach their ceiling, I think they're going to need their talent to be there and be healthy and play well with the rest of the talent. And I don't know that Jimmy's going to get in that MVP conversation that they're just kind of hovering around the five or six seed all year. Right. But, but again, you look at the teams above him. Okay, so if in the Eastern Conference – Oladipo's not going to be back for a couple months. I don't think Kyrie stays healthy. Although, if look, if, if the Nets win 60 games without Durant, then Kyrie's in the conversation. I mean, they, they, they also have other guards who can come in. It's not like the thing with right. the Oladipo injury is like, where are they going to get their playmaking and scoring from? 
the question is not the same with Brooklyn if they ever do have any injury troubles with Kyrie because they still got Dinwiddie there, they still got Levert there, and they just have a pretty deep team in general. But uh, I think the real teams to be uh, you know worried about being ahead of the Heat are Boston and Toronto. Mm-hmm. And if Toronto, you know, who could be in the conversation to Siakam uh, if he keeps them up there without Kawhi. But I, I think Jimmy's going to be, you know, if you look back at the Minnesota year that he came in there and talking to John Krasinski about this, who covered that team, he said Jimmy was in that conversation until he got hurt. Like he was not, not maybe for top two or three, but certainly sort of between four and six somewhere there. And then he dropped back a lot because of the injury. But I could see him kind of being in that seven to ten mix Uh, for a lot of the season. All right, next one for you guys, Justice Winslow. I'm not going to get into numbers here on him because to me it's not really about numbers. After this season is over, are we going to say, A, he has a chance to be an elite point guard in the league? Not that he is right now, but he has a chance to be. B, we think he's an adequate point guard in the NBA. Or C, we're going to look at this as a work in progress or a failure. Alex. (laughs) <laughs> go. I'll let Al go first. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I honestly have been thinking about that a lot over the past couple of months because, and, and I and I mentioned it on the last podcast that I'm a little bit worried about uh, the the relationship with Justice and Jimmy on the court, just because I feel like people are gonna want to see you know 15, 16 points, seven assists, four or five rebounds from Justice every night. I don't think we're gonna get that, like you alluded to. I think he's gonna be somewhere around you know 12, five and five on decent percentages. And then I think he's going to be more than adequate, to be honest. I think he's going to be a very good point guard. I don't think he will get to the level of elite. Um, I think it's somewhere between A and B. I think – and I, th- I think it's going to all depend on who you're asking, right? If it's, somebody, if it's a box score watcher that only cares about, you know, points, assists, and rebounds, they'll probably find some way – like let's say he averages 12.2 points a game, they'll find a way to disparage him. Let's say his shooting, his three-point shooting drops down to 35%. They'll find a way to disparage him. But I think if you look at overall what he does on the court, I think it's always going to be really, really hard to say that he's only an adequate player because what he does for your defense, the fact that with like this season, with him and Jimmy on the floor, they can hide so many things defensively, right? You have – if you like, we Specifically watched – Tyler Hero. Well, I'm saying you watch him play. You watch him play the Houston Rockets the other day. Whoever was a, whoever faced Tyler, whether it be Westbrook, uh, Gordon, or um, Harden, went straight after him every single time. And that there was a function of Jimmy not being part of that starting lineup. Now, when you have Jimmy and Justice out there, they can cover up so many other things defensively, especially with Bam, which helps you start a guy like Myers Leonard or Kelly Olynyk. So, yeah, maybe the numbers, like I said, they won't be gaudy, right? I don't think he's going to have a lot of those 12-assist games. I'd love to see a bunch of those. I don't think it's going to happen. But if you're somebody who is going into this season appreciating what Justice Winslow does on a basketball court, I think this is just going to reinforce your opinion about him. And if you're going into the season, you know, constantly being down on the guy because he doesn't, he's not scoring 18 a game and putting up eight assists and eight rebounds. I think it's just going to reinforce your opinion in the, in the opposite direction, especially yep. if it's not a, you know, top three, it's not a three or four or five finish. If they go into the playoffs at a seven seed and they're kind of disappointing, I think you're going to see a lot of people pointing their fingers at justice. Winslow. Well, because he's the most unconventional point guard in the league, I think right now. Right. I mean, would, would we agree with that? Outside I mean, of Ben Simmons. Right, outside of Ben, right, because Ben's taller. But, I mean, but he's unconventional. I mean, he's not 
when you came in the NBA, other than his feel for the game and our Nikias Duncan, like there weren't a lot of people who were saying Justice Winslow is a point guard. Like I didn't hear that his rookie season. They were trying to make Josh Richardson a point guard, which he's not at all. Uh, they, they, they didn't even look at Justice as a point guard at that time. At least if they did, they certainly didn't act like it. They used him at the five, not the one. <laughs> See, and I think what's more important with Justice isn't necessarily how many points he's put up a game, like I'll say, but I, I think it has more to do with is he finishing at the rim when he gets the chance? When he gets the defense, you know, bent, is he, is he actually finishing there? Is he making his open threes? I think he's going to be a good playmaker, a good to great playmaker all year, a good to great defender all year. What's really going to determine how good the Heat are is if he's able to finish layups and hit open threes. Right. And, and I think there'll be more focus on the threes, but I think there should be more focus on the layups. I, I think so, too. Right. And, and I know he didn't make a three in the preseason. I think he was over 12. I'm not really that concerned about that. He was 38% the last two years. I think that'll be fine, even if he doesn't in, end up increasing volume like he told me he wants to. He wants to get up to five attempts per game or more. It was, I think, 3.8 last year. But If he can be a really good finisher at the rim, that would open up the rest of his game so I, much. I, 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 think that, I think that's the big thing for him. I think that's the big thing for him is Alex, the finishing. Alex, we talked about it the other night. There was too many times where he had the defense on their heels and a clear lane to the basket, and he found a way to pass it out to a shooter instead of going ahead and taking that layup. And mm-hmm. it's, I understand that they want to drive and kick, but he has to get that feel for the game where, listen, this, this guaranteed two – is just as good as that maybe three from the corner. So Especially since he's going to have the mismatch so many times. Yeah, and he, I mean, because we've seen what happens when he's downhill. It's hard to stop him, especially if you got a Trey Young or somebody on him. Like You know what? He's a freight uh, train. I mentioned this the other day, but I think something else that should, they should be prioritizing with him is tightening up his handle. I don't think he has a bad handle by any means, but if you're talking about him as a full-time point guard, it would also help him get to the basket even more and get to his spots even more if he's able to make quick moves, right, where he's able to quickly maneuver around the defense. And I know he yeah, plays at are. his pace, but if he's able to, you know, if there's no shiftiness to his game, it kind of makes it easier to defend. You get what I'm there, saying? There are, yeah, there are times on the – especially when he gets in the interior where he does lose the ball um, because I think in those tight spaces, yes. his, you're, like you said, his ball handling is – he doesn't have elite ball handling. And yeah, and it's one just, thing for him to be, like, pacing the offense when he's out there uh, around the three-point line looking for who to pass it to and how he's going to set up the offense. But like you said, once he gets a defender on his hip and he's just kind of sitting there in the paint, there's only so much time that you can continue to wait for the other players to spot up or go where you want them to, right? Like, you got to make quick decisions. you got to make quick moves. And I don't think he's at that level yet with the quickness. And I think Justice is one of these players that needs a comfort zone, right? So I feel like if there's a set, uh, set starting lineup – and they can play eight, nine, ten games together. Because of the pace that Justice plays at, he doesn't play at a pace like, you know, this breakneck speed where the, the decisions just come a mile a minute. He plays slow and deliberate. So if you're going to play slow and deliberate, you need to be comfortable with the guys around you because you need to know where they're going to be. And once he knows where guys are going to be, you see where he drops these ridiculous passes, where his connection with Bam, we've seen it time and time again. I've also liked, I've really liked his connection with Tyler Hero. I think that's really underrated when, we, when we're talking about how Tyler Hero has played. He's played really well on the, on the floor with Justice. Him and Justice have been a really nice duo. So overall, I think this preseason hasn't, given, hasn't shown us a lot when it comes to him just because some of these starting lineups, man, like Duncan Robinson's out there and the other team is just not even guarding him. 
You know, so it's disrupting that off the offensive flow. We saw these, this team has gotten too off to a, a lot of slow starts, and it's because I don't think we've seen a lot of the real starting lineup yet. Yeah, I'm going to go with somewhere between A and B also. I, I think there'll be certain people who are never satisfied of his play because I think statistically there's going to be some three of nine nights that people are going to look at and they're going to say, okay, uh, is he developing enough as a scorer? But I do think impact. I think – I'll put it this way. I think Justice will have the highest plus minus on the team. Uh, I, I do. I, I think that uh, they're going to be able to utilize Justice in a way that he'll have the best on-off court numbers in the team. I think higher than Jimmy's, honestly, and maybe we'll see if I'm right about that. But all right, we'll get to the next three. That was not just Justice better, but that was Justice longer. We'll tighten it up. For number three of our five predictions for the NBA season, let's get to the big man. Um, and not, I know how Alf loves Myers Leonard, and now he's followed us on Twitter, and so we have to – Pay homage to Myers and everything. That's a else. big win in my book, right there. It's a it's a, it's a big win. Um, and that's <laughs> right. But uh, but uh, let's talk about Bam Adebayo because a lot of this season is going to hinge on him. They don't have a replacement for him. Like I mean, we can talk about Jimmy Butler. It's going to be damn hard to replace him, right? Justice Winslow, Goran slides in at the point. They don't. I mean, they lose Myers Leonard, they'll play Olenek more. They lose Olenek, they'll play Myers Leonard more. They don't have another Bam out of bio on the roster. There aren't a lot of teams in the NBA that have a Bam out of bio, which I didn't think we'd be talking about at this stage of his career. But I'm going to throw this one at you guys. Uh, Bam out of bio finishes in the top five in most improved player voting. Alf, yes or no? Um, I say no. Um, I, I just – I don't see – I think he has some of the same problems that Justice has – where it comes to, I don't see gaudy numbers consistently from him because I think both of those guys just do what they have to do. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Do during that game to help their team win. So I don't think you're gonna see 16 points and nine rebounds, you know, and four assists, three assists from him. I think you're gonna see some nights where he has eight assists. Um, the only where I would where I would say you you might get some of that is if he can consistently get to the free throw line and keep having these seven to ten, eight to ten, nine of ten nights. Yeah, you might be seeing him in the 16, 17 point range. But that depend that depends on him getting to the line. I don't know if he's going to be able to get the line consistently enough. I think he's going to have a really good season. I think Heat fans are going to love him. But I think nationally, is he going to get the kind of recognition to be in the top of the most improved player voting? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I tend to agree with out there because, uh, like he said, he doesn't have a score first mentality. Same thing as Justice. They're both kind of hesitant when it comes to scoring where they can do it. They can both put up points, but I'm not sure exactly how consistent it is. 
uh, another thing, he's going to have to be the release valve consistently for this offense for him to be in that conversation, right? Like, they're going to have to go to him a lot for lob attempts, for face-up attempts, and frankly, I don't think he's there yet. Uh, I think he could probably do it more if he wanted to, but we haven't really seen much of it yet so far in the preseason. I don't think he's he's confident enough yet where he's just able to attack from the perimeter five times out of ten, where he's doing it consistently enough uh, where he can put up 17, 18 a game, which I think is what you're going to need if you're trying to really get into that conversation. I, I have him pegged somewhere around kind of like Justice, 13, 14 points a game, maybe like, you know, four assists, eight, nine rebounds. I think I would have him as the guy with the highest plus minus from the Heat because he's going to be so damn good on defense. He rarely makes mistakes on offense, whereas Justice is going to have so much more of a load, to, you know, to make those mistakes where I would see Bam as the most positive player just statistically. I think that's possible. So let me throw one more at you before we move on to uh, Tyler Harrow, who's who I want to get to with number four here. Hassan Whiteside or Bam Adebayo? Not bigger impact this year because I think we all agree about who's going to have bigger impact overall. Better numbers. Adebayo or Whiteside this year? Alex. I think I think Adebayo. Um, now, are we talking about advanced numbers? Or are we talking about just straight counting <laughs> stats? Because that's a, uh, well, I think huge. I think we're more talking counting stats. To be honest, I mean advanced numbers. I think we all agree on that, right? Like, I mean, Bam's advanced numbers are going to be better, even though Port- look, Portland's going to be good, right? So, in a much tougher conference, mm-hmm. but. I'm just I'm just talking about pure stat because that's going to be the debate, right? It's not going to be about advanced numbers. It's going to be there. There's some white side stands that I don't know how they still exist, but I mean, as you know, there are some uh, in our sort of Twitter sphere out here that are going to be comparing. And they all I mean, hate us. They all hate <laughs> us. I don't know why. There seems to be a link there. I'm not really sure why that is, <laughs> but 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 you know where the guys it's, looking it's, down on them. Where the guys were like, oh, what do you know about basketball? It's all bad barbershop basketball opinions, and for some reason that doesn't jibe with what we do here. So I mean, no, it's I very old not. school, right? It's like the big man who's putting up numbers all the time. That's the guy, and you know, he's the highest paid player in the team. Alex, isn't isn't that what we're gonna hear? Like, okay, so if he has Hassan has one of those games, right? Which he'll have. I mean, he'll have him poorly because Lillard and McCollum like him. They're gonna try to make sure he succeeds. So, like, let's go. Hassan goes through a week where he's putting up a bunch of twenty-one and fourteens, right? And nobody's actually watching the games, right? They're not watching him sag ten feet off a shooter. They're just. They're uh, just they're gonna say no one's watching the games because they're starting at one thirty well, in the morning. Well, well, that all that also, right? Both those things. But you wake up in the morning, you're a box score watcher. Oh, tw- he had twenty one and fourteen, and Bam had fifteen and six, right? Yep. I, I, so, I mean, that is gonna happen, and that's kind of why I'm talking about counting stats. I mean, we're totally gonna get that conversation from that sect of Heat fans. It's like absolutely. You see, you see look at what Hassan's doing. Because I tweeted earlier, maybe a month ago, that I think Hassan, before Nurkic comes back, is gonna probably put up around. 16 points and 13 rebounds a game just because the guys he's playing next to, like, it can't be more perfect when you're talking about Hassan Whiteside. If you watch the Blazers play, all they do is run those screens around the arc for Damian and CJ McCollum. So every time that the help defense is going to, you know, go for those guys who are just going to kill you if you give them any inch from the perimeter, they're going to throw it into Hassan. He's going to have so many easy points. It's not even going to be funny. there's There's no post up offense for him. You know, maybe there is if there's a mismatch. But even better for him, I think he's, he got sent to almost the perfect place for him to put up numbers before Nurkic comes back and he immediately gets benched. Well, he, he gets yeah. <laughs> starts pouting, right? Well, he, <laughs> exactly. here's my thing. Is he going to get enough minutes? Because the reports out of Portland right now, people aren't very happy with him. 
You know what I, I I don't think people are very happy with they did, I don't maybe they just never watched a heat game. Well, that's and, an educated well Alf, the thing is and uh, the, the CJ loved them. They definitely weren't watching heat games. Well, well then no <laughs> no for, no for sure, right? And and look, Heat fans are educated, but Portland well at least except for that little segment. Um but see we're Portland, doing it again We're the coastal elites. Uh, well, no, but uh, well, I mean they live on the coast too. I just don't know what they're watching. But but the Port, but Portland fans are uh, very educated basketball fans. I mean, I mean, they, they know, I mean, that is their team. Like that. I mean, but the, they have no reason to watch the past couple of years of heat basketball. No, no. They, and no, they're, they're and th- those fans are already turning on him. Right. No, they know what they're watching. Like they're, they're not, I mean, it's not, I mean, there are some markets where like that stuff would fly. Like it's not going to fly in Portland. Like they, they know their team. They know what good basketball looks like. And that ain't it. But uh, so anyway, I, I do think for probably three months, he's going to put up bigger numbers than Bam and, and we're going to get a bunch of that garbage and it's all going to be like I said. And he's probably. also a great bench big. Like once he gets benched, like I would rather have him coming off the bench. Like oh, I, yeah. I would love him as a bench big for this heat team, well, but he makes even more sense for Portland. That's why I'm like, I think he'll be t- fine over there. We talked about Dion as a bench guard. I mean, I, I think if certain guys would just accept their roles and not care about starting, they could be, they could, as we'd say, nuke second units and, that's what Hassan did for a period of time here and then, you know, went back in the starting line. All right, let's get to number four. Tyler Hero, I'm going to make this real simple. Average 10 points a game or higher or not? Alex. Oh, that's a tough one. I'm going to go slightly under. Again, uh, from something that Alpha said, I think there's going to be so many times where they got so many guys in, in double digits that I don't think Hero will be able to have enough of a load to put up more than 10 a game. I think he's going to be doing a lot of the off-the-catch stuff. He's going to have some games where he's shooting less, some games where he's shooting more. But, yeah, I would say under 10 points a game. I'm going higher, actually. It's funny that <laughs> Alex invoked me to go to take the under. But I'm, I, don't, I, think any, I think all the guys in the starting lineup are probably going to average around 11 points a game at least. So if, if Tyler ends up being in that starting lineup, I think you're going to see him. Actually, I think he's going to be closer to 16, 17, 18. Wow. Just because, dude, just because you 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 take you, you hit three threes, you're at nine points already. So you have him hitting like five threes a game. No, I'm saying I'm just, I'm not saying all his points are going to come from threes, but the Alpha, fact that Alpha, he shoots, Alpha, he does if he does that, he might win rookie of the year because I mean as as we I speak, think there's a good chance he could win rookie. Well, of the well year. if there's a good chance, I'm going to be really pissed that I didn't place a bet on BetDSI using the promo <laughs> code five one zero one about a week ago because the numbers on Tyler Hero for rookie of the year before. I mean, basically, I could have paid off all my mortgages. Like, before <laughs> uh, before Zion got hurt, we're crazy good, you know, what your payoff would be. And they're not as good right now. But if you want to do it, go to go to BetDS. I could definitely see 16. Stop jumping on the ad, Alf. Stop jumping on the ad. The ad the ad pays whatever bill. The ad is more important. I'll delete this all later. Yeah, don't. But, but you know, if he does that, if he's averaging 16, 18 points, Alf, he's a rookie of the year candidate. I mean, I I, I mean – but don't you think he is? I mean, I, th- I mean, he was. If you look at some of it, even with his odds being so sky high, I mean, he was still like fifth or sixth after the past couple of weeks before the Zion injury. So, I guess so. I don't look as much as I like him and as high as they've been on him, and they have not sort of. T- I can always tell what the organization thinks of a player based on what they let the marketing department do. Like that. That is, <laughs> it's ve- it's very clear. Like I, you know, the marketing they- has that much to do with it. No, no, it's just that they don't they don't green light the marketing. 
Like they don't like if you're watching, you know, if you're watching the broadcast, you know, on Fox Sports Sun or whatever. Yeah, not a lot of like, Dion marketing recently, huh? Not a ton, yeah. right? Like, so I mean, you know who they're promoting. Like when Justice was doing the point guard stuff last year, it was like all Justice all the time for three weeks, and obviously they promote the hell out of Goron too. Well, lately, right? Lately. And for a while... When things were up in the air, he wasn't on those Instagram posts. Right, but now he is. You can always tell kind of where they're going because there are certain things that... It's not so much what they tell them to do. It's kind of what you're sort of suggesting not to do, right? So I've just noticed... I mean, with Harrow, they they have not held back on it. Like, And usually with rookies, they're sort of dialing it back a little bit not to pump up expectations so much. So I do think he's going to have a big role. But I go back to what David Thorpe said, and I think there is some truth to it. Like, teams start to figure it out a little bit. They're going to start taking away some things from him. He's yep. going to go through some defensive struggles. The, it, like, this is a kid who played one year of college ball, okay, and really wasn't a big factor until halfway through it. So what's the 82-game grind going to look like for him? So I, I think that's a little high, Alf. I think, honestly, the reason I put it at 10 is I think that's right about the right number. Like, I think it'll be between somewhere between 9 and 11, and I think if they can get that out of him in his rookie year and he's not shooting a terribly low percentage, I think they'll be pretty happy about it with where his future lies. But we'll get to part number five of our predictions episode. I want to tell you about a new sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that's Dutch Valley Farms. They're not your average cannabis grow farm. They've got deep roots in the 305, and this homegrown group of doctors, CPAs, and Silicon Valley professionals have taken their talents from the 305 to the 503 to make you the finest flower out there. How does Miami find itself all the way in Oregon? Simple. Team with a shared belief in cannabis research and erasing the stigma behind the bud. Because isn't it like time to do that already? Today, the Dutch Valley Farms crew is bringing together old school growing practices with new school tech. Deliver a consistently clean, high quality experience you can feel good about. The proof is in the plant. You want more information? Visit DutchVF.com. That's Dutch, the letter V, the letter F, dot com. Or follow them on Instagram at Dutch Valley Farms. All right, we've come to the last part of our episode here. And this is the important one uh, because this is what this season is about. Like when, when you, you'll hear on the podcast with Eric Reed that when Justice Winslow was asked what his individual goal was this season, he said, my individual goal, and I think this was actually a John Crotty interview, but he said, my individual goal is home court in the first round of the playoffs. Um, and that's, he didn't want to talk about anything else. That was it. So you gotta I love that as a Heat fan, right? I mean that that's that's what his mentality is. Between so that and Bam I, saying that he wants to put up six assists, like they're saying exactly what you want to hear. Which is again why you know Dion Waiters was banished this week, right? <laughs> and Dion Dion's situation has a lot to do with these other predictions that we're making because like Hero's numbers probably go up a lot if Dion really isn't a part of the plans moving forward, like you guys are kind of alluding to. That, that's true. That's true. And, and you should check out our Dion podcast to get all that information. But I will throw that at you guys because we'll make that the barometer if, uh, or the bar if that's what Justice Winslow has it as. Home court seed in the first round of the playoffs. Alf, do they achieve that? Mm. I think if they don't, it's a disappointment. And I, right now... Without Dion healthy and without that bench being as potent as I, as I thought it was going to be, I'm looking at them more of a five or a six seed right now. So, yeah, I have them out, out of the top four. Alex, you totally said what I was going to say. I just have them. 
it's hard, man. Like, I think they could be a three or a four seed, but so many things have to go right. You know, you have to have the health and um, you need Dion to be in there, man. Like we, we were projecting Dion to be putting up, I don't know, 12, 13, some type of bench contribution. And if he's really not going to be a part of this, that changes things, right? And it's not just on him. It's about what happens with Boston if their defense actually does hold up, which apparently it was number one in preseason, or at least it was before the start of the Houston game. And so, you know, if they're actually better on defense than we thought, they're going to be up there for sure because their offense is going to be good. Toronto's going to have eight good guys that they're going to play every game, but they can't really have any health issues. So it feels like we're just right in the middle of that tier with Indiana, who's going to be towards the bottom because of the Oladipo injury. But Toronto, Brooklyn, Indiana, Boston, it's just about how things break, right? So the Heat need things to break right more than other teams. And I don't see that happening for a three seed. I think four or five is more likely. Well, I mean, you just got to be four for home court. And, and I think they get there because I think, you know, I understand what you're saying about Boston. I'm not sold on them. Uh, I don't love the Jalen Brown contract. I, I don't, I'm not sold on their bigs. I am not. I'm definitely sold not sold on their defense. I'm not sold on their defense. I'm sold on him as a defensive coach, but I'm not sold on the pieces he has. I'm not sold on Gordon getting back to the level he got to. I'm not necessarily sold on Kemba holding up uh, continually, you know, season after season at his size. Uh, you know, I mean, he's, you know, they, they, they missed Kyrie for a period of time. It hurt them. Now they don't have Rozier you know, even as a backup there to, to Kemba, like they did, you know, to, to Kyrie. But they got the mini-me of Tyler Hero, Carson Edwards. Well, they, they do have Carson Edwards, and there were a lot of people who thought that the Heat should have drafted Carson Edwards. I, I He's interesting. I mean, they had a, a good draft, clearly, but, uh, you know, Ainge didn't sort of get the top-end guys that you expected him to get, and I, I, I think that team has limited upside, to be honest. Same. But the, but, but the reason that I think that the Heat can get to four – is I just think Masai Ujiri is going to look at this situation 25 games in the season and say, look, we're going to reboot this thing with Siakam and Ananubi primarily, and I think that Lowry could get moved. And if that happens, then I think that the Heat, they don't have DeLon Wright anymore. Um, I think that the Heat could get back into that four spot. So I, I, I have said they can get as high as three. I still believe that. Uh, I don't. I don't think they'll be worse than five, honestly. And I think we should put the expectation on them. You know, I, as everybody says, I'm an you know an Eric Spolscher apologist and all the rest of this stuff. Let's throw it up there right now. I mean, they're talking they so high on this the team. Five. They should finish in the top five. I think this team has enough talent, enough depth, enough youth, enough energy, enough attitude. Uh, you know, it has a real star. It has rising players. I asked this Eric Reed. I think this is the best young core they've ever taken into a season, honestly, ever. Um, you know, I mean, you could go back to the pre-Riley days with like Rice and Steve Smith. And what about all three? Uh, I mean, it was pretty damn good with with, with Wade uh, and Haslam, but I don't think we. I mean, I don't think their overall young core was but Lamar I mean, and Karan Butler. Yeah, okay, it was pretty damn good. Uh, all right, so I'll, th- I'll throw that out there. It was pretty damn good. Yeah, they had Karan. That's true. The Karan at tenth, and and Lamar came in that front season. That was pretty damn good. Um, I think this one is comparable. There's no Dwayne in it, but. I think that, you know, if you look at the rest of it, if, if you're going to throw none in the mix now and DJJ takes another step, and we, we haven't talked about DJJ like almost none on these podcasts the last two months, and he could, he could be the player that takes the biggest step for them this year, to be honest. And, you know, that's just uh, – for, for, for us, it's been kind of an afterthought. I think they can get to three. I'm going to say they're at four, so I'm going to say that they accomplish it. And if they're six, seven, eight this year – 
then yeah, I think that the coaching staff is going to take some heat because I think they have the kind of team they want and now they just got to execute with it. And stay healthy pretty much. Right. That's always the key thing. All right. Check out all of our podcasts in our network, but also check out five reasons sports for sure. And that watch party, which we mentioned here earlier on Saturday up at GQ's draft house in Lauder Hill. Uh, we will have t-shirts. We'll have uh, other giveaways and also uh, some beer for you. I don't know if that'll be free, but the food will be. So go check out our, our, our watch the party. Beer definitely will not be free. I think we are 0 and 11. So, you know, hopefully that, you know, the Bucks will oblige and Giannis will sit out and things will go well for the Heat. Talk to you soon. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.